We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined by Sean Siegel as we get ready for the week two Saturday edition of the Road of His OT podcast. We do have a number of listener questions to go through today and I think it's going to be a fun show overall. Sean, week two, one day away, the excitement is real. Was what we've seen in week one the real deal was some of it kind of a mirage. What is going to happen? We'll find out at 1 p.m. Eastern, I guess, or 6 p.m. UK and Irish time tomorrow. We will. And I'm glad that you put the UK and Irish time in there. We have lots of listeners across the pond. I didn't put in your time zone, though, so <laughs> if you want to update it. Yes, it'll be it'll be 10 a.m. We get to have breakfast football, uh, not strawberries and cream. We will have Dunkin' Donuts. They are the closest. They are the easiest to eat six or seven. You get donuts from a real donut shop and you've got to stick at one or two because they are really coming with both the dough and the sugar. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, not quite the same from that perspective, which allows you to go even deeper into the day. Column will be starting at 10 a.m. with the fast forwarding and trying to manage the powdered sugar. So yes, we're, we're very excited for week two. And uh, speaking of excitement, we have uh, quite a number of fun listener questions, including one where Colin, they want you in your Irish brogue to pronounce Albert O's full name. I think we're both going to have to have a go here at it, Sean. Uh, we'll have to have a go at Albert O. But uh, yeah, it did come in. I, I, it occurred to me while we were talking on the Tuesday podcast that we just kept saying it. And I think everyone probably knew why we were saying it. It's not the, the easiest name to pronounce. So I'm going to have a, a go at it here first. Then you can have a go. So it's uh, Albert Oku A. Boonham. I think that's as close as I'm going to get. Don't ask me to say it faster second time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask you to say it faster. Huh? So, yeah, I think it's the end of the or the, the end of the second grouping there, which is really maybe the third syllable that makes it tricky. This is a fantastic name. I wish that I could say it perfectly, 
because uh, I mean, it's, it's the best name in football. So I, I think it's something in the vicinity of Oku Ebunam. And again, we'll keep working on that because it is, it is the best. And Albert looked good again in week one, did have the fumble, but also did have the touchdown. He may be the most athletic tight end in football, right? We have a lot of focus on the starter there, Noah Fant. He looks good. We have him on a lot of teams. We want him to score points. Kyle Pitts, a lot of focus there. Uh, had eight targets in week one. We expect better days from him. Mike Kosicki, we have him on some teams, put up a zero. Hopefully that's a <laughs> factor of the Patriots having an elite defense and being known for taking away the guy they think can beat them and cause them the most trouble. So maybe Mike Kosicki was the focal point of the defense last week, or maybe that will end up being a very bad pick. So we've got the three extremely athletic tight ends. Albert O may be better or at least more athletic than all of them. We enjoy watching him with the Broncos. And uh, even though it's not a one-for-one -one switch, obviously the fact that now they don't have Jerry Judy means we could see more elements with the two tight ends. We could see them on the field together a little bit more often. Uh, we could see more targets to them when they're on the field individually. So uh, that's a pretty relevant one in terms of deep waivers for this week as well. He should be rostered in all deep dynasty leagues. He should be rostered at this point in probably most medium-sized dynasty leagues. And if you're playing in a deep tight end premium redraft league, then also I think a pretty interesting guy to stash this week when he's been out there i mean he hasn't had that many chances for the broncos when he's been out there he's made plays with how shallow the position is and, and you know two-thirds or seven-eighths of the guys that we were hopeful about in week one that we would see a little bit of you know just this mini breakout a little bit of involvement in the offense from these tight ends it basically did not happen so we're right back to where we always are trying to figure out how to get tight end points he might be a guy there who's more interesting than his current price indicates. Yeah, and you mentioned Gasecki. I'm going to spring this on you, so uh, we'll do a rapid fire. Players to score over or under 15 points in week two. So it's just going to be over or under, and we'll uh, we'll let the listeners keep tabs. So we'll go with Gasecki first, over or under 15 points. Colin, if he can go over zero, I'll, I'll be happy for where we are in week two. I, I'm going to go under, but... But over zero. I don't think we're going to get back-to-back goose eggs. Okay, over zero is very uh, positive. I, I could have a fumble, could go to negative points. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the next player in some formats did have negative points this past week, and that is Ronald Jones, over or under 15 points. Let's go over, right? They had all kinds of things uh, happening there in the days following you know, Bruce Arians taking some more shots like he likes to do. Ronald Jones coming back and saying, look, you know, I'm not that fragile. You can put me back in the game and, you know, insinuating I'm the best running back here. It's like all you have to do is watch a couple of my carries versus Leonard Fournette. We didn't actually talk about it in the last show. when We talked about the Hall of Dishonor, like the most negative backs, because at some point it just, you know, it, it's piling on a little bit inappropriate to mention every week that Leonard Fournette is the worst running back in the NFL, but he is. And so, you know, it's seven targets. Yeah, you, you got to get him involved. So I'm going over 15. 
I, I hope you're right there too. I'll be I'll be loading up again in my lineups this week for good or for bad. Another man with a goose egg in week one was Branton Ayuk. Uh, obviously, there's some parts injury, some parts maybe performance based at the end of training camp. Over or under fifteen points or over or under zero? Is that what we're setting it at again? Over or under zero. Now Ayuk is is going to go under, but he's going to be involved and and look better, right? I mean, this is a situation. So these are two very different situations in terms of Trey Sermon, who hasn't done anything and really only had a couple of good games at the college level versus Brandon Ayuk, who had a fantastic final season in college, goes out, sets the world on fire as a rookie. It's very rare to have players with a rookie season like Ayuk's, and especially somebody who has the athletic profile and has the full route profile, to where he's a well-rounded receiver. Talk about early in camp, they're saying, like, this is the next superstar. The last week of camp, they're saying, okay, this guy is falling to third, fourth, fifth on the depth chart. You know, we got to get these other receivers in there ahead of him because he's limited and because, you know, we got to send him a message. It's a message sending to both Sermon and Ayuk, but the situations are different in terms of what we should expect. Now, even though the situations are different and Ayuk has the higher floor and the better long-term prognosis, in the short term, with Mostert out, we could see Sermon come back this week, be active, have a big game, and turn that around with Ayuk and the hamstring injury and the fact that I don't think that they're going to be that high volume as a passing game this year. I would be worried about his 2021, right? And so uh, he's someone where if you can get him in any dynasty league, you should be sending out all the offers. You send the offers out this week, next week, the week after. You get him onto every team. I do think that 2021... Uh, if there's passing value to be found, you know, you, you get the value obviously through Kittle with the tight end premium. And then Debo at this point looks like he's going to have a fantastic season. Now, obviously has had his, his high point to the season already. And so, you know, if, if he wasn't in your lineup in week one, then you've already kind of missed that. But uh, yeah, so Ayuk, the high floor for dynasty sermon, the massive range of outcomes, but you know, I, I think the sermon probably is the one who has the better 2021 in terms of redraft. But I am going over zero, under 15 for Brandon Ayuk. And then you did mention sermon. He was the next one inactive last week, active apparently this week, over, under 15. Let's last go over. I just, I'm having a, a strong gut feeling for these running backs that you're bringing up that they're going to have multiple touchdowns in week two for us. So. Uh, let's hope so. I think I think that whoever gets the opportunities in the 49ers backfield is going to have big weeks every week. It's just I think it's going to be maybe hard to pinpoint who that is on a weekly basis. But that was a little bit of fun. Sean wasn't expecting, um, but we will see how they do this week. After the break, we'll dive into some of the uh, listener submitted questions. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO21. That's RVRADIO21, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Sean, a question that came in and the, the questions today, I suppose the questions most weeks will probably follow a little bit of a zero RB theme, but the question that did come in was from Mark Blumenthal and he said, so you've drafted a wide receiver heavy zero RB team with plenty of depth at wide receiver, enough to win the bye weeks and withstand the inevitable injuries or busts. Now your league mates are sending you trade offers because you do have depth at wide receiver and they see a near-term weakness at the running back or another position. He said, how do you decide if and when to trade away any of that wide receiver depth? And is there a particular criteria you look for in a wide receiver you'd consider expendable? So I thought this was a really fantastic question um, because I, I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking of this now. And maybe some of the zero RB players that they drafted maybe haven't worked out thus far for them. And then obviously maybe there's a little bit of panic creeping in. I think sean it's a little bit like when you're in the draft it's about like holding firm on the draft process and i think it's probably going to be the same uh with your answer here for this but i would certainly think it's a, a little bit too early to be to be moving away from from those wide receivers i think it depends on how loaded you are at receiver and how much of an infusion you need at running back and just what other uh, participants are willing to offer Right, because if you have six, seven, eight receivers and they all look very, very good and you weren't able to add a Tyson Williams or you're worried about the fact that after he misses that block that his uh, participation in that game really went down. I mean, he's someone who scored nicely for us in the first week and yet at the same time, you know, he might be like his uh, future scoring is pretty fragile. Now, the future scoring for all running backs is pretty fragile and, and we saw that even with a lot of the first, second round picks this past week but you know maybe you need to move back out of some of these guys who have already scored for you maybe you are uh, someone who picked up sony michelle either through free agency or uh, he was available and you were drafting a lot before the trade and saw his value skyrocket and then he's not super involved in week one drill henderson looks fantastic and so you're thinking okay well maybe the values aren't that close that's something else we kind of talked about in the zero rb update 
right before the season is that Henderson was falling, Michelle was rising, and they'd actually gotten into a range where it really strongly flipped back to Henderson in terms of the guy who actually was the value, even though he was a little bit more expensive at that time. So there are some guys where if people are willing to include, you know, maybe if you can use Williams or you can use Michelle as part of the trade to get back a really good running back, then I think you have to look at that, right? So if you can trade a couple of guys that you got in round eight for someone who was legitimately going in round two or three, then you have to, to look at that. The other thing, I think this is an interesting question about the wide receiver profiles, because if you're able to now move a profile that we know uh, is is good, is solid, but maybe is a little bit lower value, then you could do that. So one of the things that we talk a lot about is price and getting discounts and understanding that price matters so much. It's not that someone like a Robert Woods isn't a good player, or even that he couldn't return value at his lofty price, but you have people like Tyler Boyd, like Debo Samuel, like Jarvis Landry, who can give the same value or a similar value back for just a fraction of that price. Now in week one, what did we see? We saw Tyler Boyd didn't do it, right? Robert Woods himself was on the verge of not doing it until he gets that touchdown very, very late. But we get huge games from Samuel, huge games from Landry. If you have a team that is deep enough and you want to move a Landry or a Samuel, you could possibly do that. The other thing that you might be able to do, I kind of joked in my Monday column that I I wrote this article about uh, these are the discount players you could draft instead of drafting Tyler Lockett. And it was really just like crazy and and at least to me felt like mildly humorous that Tyler Lockett goes out there and has this massive two touchdown game, but like so did all of his discount guys, right? Adam Thielen has the big two touchdown game. Corey Davis has the two touchdown game. Uh, Brandon Cooks goes for over a hundred yards. And so and Marvin Jones does Marvin Jones kinds of things where he scores a, a garbage touchdown and, and looks better than, you know, the contribution he actually made on the field. All of those guys are players where, you know, we probably weren't drafting them at their ADP, but there were players who did offer this sort of arbitrage opportunity on Lockett later. And there might have been different drafts in which they were a value for you. I think you could move out of those guys because they should have more value now than they had a week ago. And I think that the perception, at least, and I don't think the actual value is all that much higher. When you look at someone like a Corey Davis who had a great game, but disappeared for the vast majority of it right and so i think that the actual statistics don't reflect exactly what happened there were some big plays that elijah moore could have made when you look at where they were drafted and you look at the actual fantasy points that davis and moore scored in week one you're looking at and if you drafted elijah moore you're maybe thinking to yourself man i've made a huge mistake you may have but i don't think it's why don't we think we know that yet right and so if i'm moving out of wide receivers. I want to move out of guys who I think at least temporarily are worth more than they're probably actually going to be worth. And so we can move them, especially if we're getting an elite running back. However, as you mentioned to start the question, we do want to be careful because the idea is, you know, we are going to have some busts. A lot of our rosters are going to have Will Fuller coming in this week and that adds some more depth, but we haven't seen him play yet, right? Waddle looked good in the first week. Gasicki didn't. You know, there may be a lot of potential volume for Fuller or it may be something where two, three weeks in, we're like, ah, I mean, this isn't really going. I mean, he's, he was such a clear buy as someone who's being drafted in like wide receiver 47 range. And he was wide receiver seven last year. And from a reality perspective is one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. But 
you know, there's uncertainty. And so we don't know how much depth that's going to add a decent number of our rosters. And I'm talking about kind of the whole zero RB community, you know, probably had Jerry Judy. And so then the question is, you know, <laughs> did you do the kind of silly thing that we did and draft KJ Hamler in every league? Because if you did, then you're actually probably in a situation where you're lamenting the loss of Judy, uh, both because, I mean, he's a real person who uh, it's just a, a sad development. It looked like he was going to have a fantastic season. Um, also hurts your fantasy team. But at the same time, if you had 75% Hamler and 25% Judy, you're actually probably in a better shape from a fantasy perspective than you were at this time last week. If Hamler can do any of the things that we think he can do, right? If he doesn't drop that 50-yard touchdown, then we're talking about a guy who scores 20 points and now is going to have more snaps, more routes. And you're thinking, okay, well, uh, this is perfect. But because he does drop it, like, okay, this is a guy who scored seven points and maybe they have reason to emphasize Tim Patrick even more because, I mean, you can't make a guy who won't catch wide open touchdowns the focal point of your offense. So there are things like that that come into play and you've got to navigate those elements. The key thing here is that if we're trying to stay at five, six, seven good wide receivers, you know, if you have Ayuk already, you're a little bit thinner. If you had Judy already, you're a little bit thinner. If you were looking at McCall Hardman or Henry Ruggs and thinking maybe they take a step forward, you're probably a little thinner. I mean, we don't want to jump to conclusions too quickly on those guys. Uh, even though they were you know, puff piece all-stars at different points, that doesn't mean that like week one was when they were going to come out and get the job done. But you know, still this kind of situation where we want to maintain the wide receiver depth for the same reasons that we drafted it in the first place. But yeah, I, I mean, go through, make the changes to your roster, that, that show up and, and will really help you. But don't take a running back just for the sake of taking a running back. And uh, thanks again to Mark for sending in that question. The next question comes in from Joe Ware. Um, and he did send in a question uh, earlier this offseason regarding a FFPC uh, draft that he did for Dynasty League. And he said that, you know, since that, he's enjoyed the content. But something that he's currently grappling with is, you know, what he should do in this particular situation so at the end of the season they have to cut their roster from 20 down to 16 including a defense and kicker so they're trying to manage their roster with that in mind uh, he said would you guys recommend we carry only a handful of running backs through in the 16 say eight wide receivers three running backs two tight ends one quarterback one defense and one kicker and then use the seven rounds off the 2022 draft to restock the rb room so obviously it depends on your roster but um it'd be useful to have a, a general idea of where to go with it he also says do you find that the end as the end of the season gets closer you start trading away or cutting older running backs uh, that offer less value next season i guess we could tie that into wide receivers potentially as well and replace them with younger uh, upside long shots for example geo bernard offers more value in 2021 to his team but he has jared patterson who may be more valuable in 2022 is it smart to reconstitute your bench as the season progresses so another very well thought out question coming in there and the questions have been fantastic that we've been getting submitted in so thanks to everyone who sent them in if you do want to send one in send it to me on twitter at overtime ireland or email it over at rotavizradio at gmail.com we'll use the best on some of the upcoming saturday shows john a, a good question there regarding you know thinking ahead versus thinking for the actual season what's your overall thoughts for joe 
he mentioned it depends a little bit on the overall uh, roster and the kind of the strength of say the top running backs there. And I do think that that is something that will come into play. One of the things that, that we discussed a lot when we did these dynasty shows is that the wide receivers were going to be a lot better values than the running backs during the startups. And then obviously most of us drafted sort of in a zero running back ish method for the first season. And so uh, our teams tend to be very, very good at wide receiver, a little bit weaker at running back. Uh, The one that Blair and I did, we ended up with Travis Etienne and Javante Williams. And uh, sadly, obviously Etienne is out. And so that's made us a little bit weaker at, running back in the short term so you know we will be keeping those guys that's fairly straightforward when you're getting into kind of the next group of players then i think it does lean to wide receiver now uh, one of the great things about the rb triflex version of the ffpc dynasty leagues is that you don't have the defense and kicker it's a little bit more wide receiver heavy so you can make some moves that are a little bit more like what we recommend even and that part of it is fun but the regular ffpc dynasty format is fun too uh curtis patrick and i have a roster in that format where uh, we've been able to make some fun moves and that team we went ahead and, and did just decide to go fairly running back heavy with with the traditional format being a little bit more running back heavy so we have christian mccaffrey and dalvin cook in that we we made a, an unfortunate decision to move amari cooper before the season in order to get some more quarterback firepower and these super flexes that can be a little bit tricky we'll see if amari cooper is able to maintain uh, what he did in week one but yeah exactly what joe is saying is what you should do you want to have wide receivers as the focal point the foundation of your team you want to have that depth and depth as we go along of stars right and so everybody you drafted isn't going to necessarily pan out you might even end up moving some of the guys some of these great values in terms of you know, players like a Fuller, players like a Landry, players like a Samuel, guys who we really believe in, but they might end up even being your wide receiver nine, your wide receiver 10, your wide receiver 11. You move them for either star running backs or future value. And so then, you know, we get to the point two or three years down the line where, you know, we're up to, I mean, it seems kind of silly to say, but if you draft in the zero RB manner and you stick with it and you have patience, you're going to get to where you have six, seven, eight wide receiver. Like I was going to say wide receiver ones, probably more like, you know, top 20 wide receivers in your league. You can get to where you have six or seven of the top 20 wide receivers, a couple of good tight ends, you know, a good foundation quarterback, you know, ideally two of them in super flex. And then every year you're able to continue to move guys and have multiple first round picks and either take, you know, the next great value at wide receiver or take that running back who's going to really change your team around so that you have this team full of stars, right? The idea that we want in Dynasty is to build this team that is so good that it's almost unbeatable. Now, in any given week, you can still lose. That's one of the reasons why you want to get the buy and move along in that fashion, not only in this format, but kind of all of the formats that we're looking at Dynasty-wise. But yeah, I mean, I think Joe is exactly on the right path in terms of how to construct it you don't necessarily need to keep those running backs through the offseason. You can use that draft to restock them. And you can do things like cut a Geo and then draft him back in the sixth, seventh round. We saw him go very late. There are going to be some pass catching backs who round out your team for that year that you can get in those drafts and not have to actually stash them 
through that process, right? So these future drafts in the FFPC for anybody who is thinking about it and thinking maybe they might want to be in an FFPC dynasty league in the future. One of the things that's kind of fun is that because you have the cut down, then you also have these veterans in the draft. And so you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, it's a seven round future draft. Isn't that kind of silly? I mean, there are only, you know, 15 to 20 guys who are really that relevant as rookies, but you bring in all of the veterans again. And it's a lot of fun. It's one of the things that the FFPC does to try and keep teams from getting like too far apart from each other in terms of quality. And so even though there are things in the format that keeps you from maybe getting too far ahead, there's also this element where uh, you can get the guys back and you can trade them for more. I mean, uh, Blair and I, I think have uh, something like 25 picks in next year's draft. And you're thinking, well, that's silly, but you can stash those players through the summer. A lot of them like a geo will become more valuable. You can trade them for more future picks. You can keep the guys who emerge and jump in value. You know, some of the guys who were drafted in the sixth, seventh round of our league this year, by the time the season rolled around, they would have been second round picks. Well, then you can move them for more future picks and kind of keep this process going. So we talk about perpetual reloading. I think Joe's got the right idea. He's got a perpetual reload going. And I think that his FFPC dynasty team will be very, very good. Yeah. And another good question. Thanks, Joe, for sending that in. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass. The season is here, but it's still a great time to get in and get all the, the content that is available. I mentioned on the show earlier this week, the amount of content that's up on the website. I've been getting messages from some of the listeners of the show to say that you know it's just a great offering. So I would recommend heading over to the site and checking that out get yourself a 10 percent discount and use that code rv radio 2021 or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information drop us written interview on your favorite podcast app as always we do appreciate that thank you for all the kind words throughout 2021 and uh, if you haven't dropped one yet it does just take a minute or two drop us a nice review we would appreciate that very very much uh, that is going to take us to the end of today's show we are ready for week two hopefully your lineups are ready for week two as well best of luck this week hopefully when we come back on tuesday we will have uh, some positive stories for our ot teams and hopefully our ot listeners have a successful weekend as well stealing bananas will be back early monday for you as well with the recap show so do make sure you're subscribed to that feed as well as our individual feed here for road of his ot you'll hear sean on both of those throughout the week every single week this season my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel, who you can check out all of his great work up on rotaviz.com. Until we're back next Tuesday with another Rotoviz OT, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.